0: Welcome back, everybody, to Music City Gold, hosted by Penalty Box Radio. I'm Kyle, your host. With me again, surprisingly, is Daniel and Matt. Good evening. Hey, guys. Yes, it is evening for us, about almost 10 o'clock at night on Friday that we're recording this. So, happy post-Labor Day to everybody. I hope you guys all had a great Labor Day. For those of you who did get to have a three-day weekend, I know I did. How about you guys?
1: I sure did, and I relished in that Monday off. How about you, Matt?
0: Oh, yeah. The first thing I did on Saturday was
2: sat on my couch and watched about three hours of Bob Ross painting videos to just relax. He's an down. awesome
0: painter to watch. I've watched one episode <laughs> of Netflix, and the man amazes me how good he is at this stuff. I'm pretty sure I'd have been out. That's like a glass of warm milk. Oh, oh, yeah. I
1: mean, he's like, look at these happy trees and these happy yeah. clouds. The and, wife fell asleep, for sure. Well, what do you know? I got a squirrel in my
0: pocket. And... Oh, oh, gosh. he has yeah, the first episode, dude. He's painting some seascape, and he's like- <laughs> I want to show y'all the little squirrels I found in my backyard. that I'm feeding. <laughs> I was like, "Who has time to do this? The little paint, but the feed baby squirrels." He's talented,
1: man. But anyway, yeah, it was a good Labor Day weekend. Had some shopping. Um, I never I, found that backpack you told me about. I'm sorry. I got a deal on a backpack. Just, just stole it right out from Kyle, who said he wanted to buy a backpack. Um. I guess it subliminally, subliminally affected me because I went ahead and bought
0: a backpack anyways that same day. So Yeah, and I went to go find it at Fossil at Opry Mills. Couldn't find it for the price. Found the backpack, but it was like 40 bucks higher than what he paid for it.
2: You just need to go to REI. That's where all the best backpacks are found.
0: But there's not an REI in Opry Mills. The closest One Franklin. one's in Franklin. Okay, yeah. So... Uh for my Labor Day, while I was at Opera Mills, once I couldn't find the backpack, <laughs> I happened to uh, walk up by the movie theater and saw that Dunkirk was playing at the IMAX, oh, so and good. I took the opportunity to finally go see it and my gosh, that movie is amazing.
1: It, it it's it's so good on so many levels, but the thing that impressed me the most about it was um the amount of dialogue actually. Yeah, there, there was there's hardly any dialogue in the movie. A lot a lot of compositions and a musical score throughout the whole thing. Um, let's see, uh, Hans Zimmer, he did the score on this one as well, which he's worked with Christopher Nolan before, um, The Dark Knight. So it was you know, kind of a reunion of sorts for them, but it was drenched. I mean, absolutely drenched with drama and suspense the whole time. The way he composed that, I mean, you just saw it, so
0: you know. And especially IMAX. Because the yes. whole film was shot in IMAX. If you haven't seen the movie in IMAX, if you saw it in regular, throw it away. Go watch it in IMAX. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was so much more intense. To me, what made that movie intense was the ticking of the clock that would be uh, dispersed throughout the movie at key scenes. So, Matt, I know you said you yeah, haven't seen it yet. So while the movie's going on with the very intense moments where there's like a bow to sink and <laughs> people get shot at, you hear this tick, tick, yeah, tick. Yeah, it's a constant like tick.
2: That. Is it like a... Uh... In twenty four, when they count down under the cliffhanger moments,
1: I mean a little bit, but it's just it's very subtly there. And the way they do it is they break up three different timelines. They have one by land, one by sea, and one by air. And it's taken at different time intervals. So like, uh, what's land? Well, isn't it like a land
0: was a one
1: week, one week for the land scenes. So these like you're seeing a whole week played out of all the soldiers on the ground. The sea is like um, it was a one day, one day. And then the, the airplane was an hour because they have limited fuel. But it was all these different timelines and they all met at the very end. It all That's like cool. ca- oh so like it kept you guessing the whole movie and then it all came to one point at the end and you're like, Oh wow, it all makes sense now.
0: So, so it was very well done. That's cool. That's our quick movie review of Dunkirk. <laughs> yeah. Um, um the one I'll- thing we did um earlier before the um Labor Day was uh the previous Tuesday. There was a Preds Q&A panel hosted by um, Justin Bradford and Penalty Box Radio. Uh had uh, Jeremy Gover on it, Robbie Stanley, Michael Gallagher, Chris Martell, and Cutler Klein, and we happened to get to go to it, and it was pretty dang good. I enjoyed it. Food was all right. Food was all right. Let me tell you, I could have just used a little bit of cutlery. <laughs> okay? You could. No, you know, <laughs> I was struggling. And it was no fault of the restaurants. It's just that uh, Justin said before they even started, they were expecting like fifty people, and they doubled it. The fact that there was people actually standing outside.
1: Yeah, m- my worst were in a pot of boiling liquid that I could not reach. And by the time I got to it, like thirty minutes later. But you pulled through and you got it. <sighs> sure did, but it was it was a little tough and overcooked. But anyway, I would like to go there again and try it out when it's not as packed. And What'd you think about it, Matt? Shot.
2: Oh, I loved it. I had a great time. Yeah, I especially loved the stories they told, like the embarrassing moments and, and all that. that. I found that very entertaining and learning from their mistakes, and that, that was funny. That was, that was a very
0: uh, interesting night. I think we all learned, though, that hockey players take their questions very serious. <laughs> yeah. Leggy. <Don't> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wow. <laughs> Don't
2: ever laugh at David
0: Legwand. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, so um, hopefully, you know, I did get my jama Juice. Daniel and I I won uh, door prizes, and we got Jama Juice. Uh, Matt and his wife, Emily, were going for the- uh, They're holding out. Yeah, they're holding (laughs) out for the ballroom dancing lessons. They didn't get it, though. Yeah, we struck out. Well, you know who's hoping to not strike out this week? Brad's rookies.
1: Oh. Yep.
0: Sorry, I thought you were going to go somewhere with it. (laughs) I just Um, laughed. How was it? Oh, it's all right. So, yeah, so uh, this week, being that it is September 8th- uh, September seventh, I believe, was yesterday. Was the official first day of Preds rookie camp. Yeah, uh, there's 22 players making the group. Uh, various people playing for the uh, AHL Milwaukee Admirals. Some players that have been playing in Quebec Junior Major Hockey, and then uh, some couple other people as well. I don't know over the top of my head. So um, they're looking to make the team. I know I was scouring through the Preds uh, NHL page, and they came up with five rookies to look out for. Some we might actually see this season due to what we'll talk about later on with, uh, Ron Ellis being injured. Mm -hmm. So Matt, I know you got some notes over there. Do you have anything about the rookies or is it just the training camp in general?
2: Oh, just a little bit of both. I mean, it's really fun to watch these players because since they, most of them don't have NHL experience, we don't really get to follow them as much. So it's pretty fun that they come down here and, uh, get to do a little bit of reading about them and people who scout them and watch them and, and the, uh, they're actually doing the rookie games this weekend. Of course, as we're recording, it's Friday and tomorrow is their first day our first game.
1: Yeah, we're all gonna try to we're gonna try to make those tomorrow, hopefully. I know Kyle and I we have a prior engagement and of course these tournaments were not supposed to be originally held in Nashville. Um they were supposed to be in Florida, but obviously that's cancelled now due to the hurricane, which everyone's praying for the best in that situation,
0: but man. Yep. I know that this everything will be re- got restructured a little bit. Go ahead. I know this will be released after the everything has happened, but um do wish everybody safe travels. I know that uh Georgia and Florida had a lot of their north their uh, southbound interstates directions reversed.
1: Yeah, it's basically one way now cuz I have family in Miami and they didn't want to leave. <laughs> and they left today, Friday. Yeah, it was and mandatory, wasn't it? it? Yeah, it was yeah. mandatory. Well, actually, I have um I think two or three of them stayed. And I'm like I when they're telling you to put your social security on your arm so it's easier to identify you. No.
0: Yeah, I'm no I'm way. getting out. That's I mean, literally
1: that's literally what they said on the new I'm like no.
0: I'm getting out. Sorry. I mean even the Florida governor was like we can't it. save you once this hits. Just yeah, tell I mean, them to get out. So anyway, yeah, we wish the best of luck to everybody. Uh hopefully that the structure's not too bad. So yeah, so um getting back to the uh, hockey topic in hand with the rookies. So I know that the Preds, they said, uh, Brooks Bratton mentioned that there are five key rookies to watch for this year, all various skill levels. Uh, the first one being uh Alexander Carrier. Uh, he was drafted in a 2015 in the fourth round, and he's actually the only one of these five rookies that was highlighted that's actually made his NHL debut. And I actually got to see him play. I was at the game against the Canucks on January 7th. I think you may have been with me, today. Wow, Daniel. how do you remember that? That is
1: right. I was there at that game. I remember that. Look,
2: it was a fun game. Good Kyle. That, <laughs> oh, that's the game you were telling me about that went to overtime. When I laughed because I
0: said that game I had to go to overtime. Pretty much. <laughs> I I, we mentioned that the other day. I forgot about that. So I know he was. Um, he's a Milwaukee Admiral for the moment. Last year for 2016-2017, uh, he actually was second for the team in assists. Yeah, 33 assists, and he ended up getting six goals for 39 points. So was interesting about him was he is also a uh, Under-18 World Junior Champion uh, won the bronze with Canada. So, you know, it's always good to have a player in your team you know who at least medaled in the World Juniors. A little extra experience. And I was able to find some additional research about him uh, that said he's a mobile defenseman. He's got a good, solid offensive defensive capability. He's a good stick handler, great eye coordination, hand-eye coordination. And uh, the only thing... Well, I didn't see where they're negative. They just said he's an all round defenseman who can read plays and create chances. Yeah, it'll be
1: interesting to see how if he does get caught up how he adapts to the NHL level, just because the, the I mean, the sheer pace of the play is elevated and you're playing against the best of the best now. You're not you're not in the, the AHL now where people are just looking to get into the league. These are the best players. So it'll be interesting to see when he takes that transition how he'll be able to react to it.
2: Yeah. He, I know he's kind of the first guy we've mentioned, but I know Daniel Lavender has said if there's anybody uh, who's going to sneak up from Milwaukee this year, it'll probably be Carrier. And the reason being, you know, we're going to mention later about Ellis being out. And so we're really looking at, we're really focusing on these defensemen and checking them out. And, and he said he's probably the one who would qualify as being the first one to go up because he's the only one who actually has NHL experience as well.
0: Yeah. Anna and Daniel Lavender also said he's also the most comparable to Ellis. Right, so if anybody is gonna make the jump possibly, and that kind of you know we're jumping ahead ourselves, which is a tad, but when we get to the Ellis, he's gonna probably be the number one candidate who could probably see the first call up from Milwaukee if he doesn't make this team because of Ellis's injury. The next guy we have is uh Jack Daughtry, and he's also a defenseman uh he was drafted in twenty fourteen of the fourth round uh for the last season with the admirals. he posted two goals and eleven assists, and he's been quite the staple of the uh admiral's blue line and he also was a uh, under 18 world junior champion with a usa gold medal oh wow i so, did
1: know that that's cool it's nice that some of these you know younger rookies are getting the chance for like tournament experience and also competing at a much higher level i think that only helps us and that also speaks more volumes to our farming system too i mean Matt always said for years have our team kind of seem like an AHL team. I think it was yeah. 2016 we were starting like what eight rookies yeah. in the playoffs and Matt's like you all shouldn't even be here. I'm taking <laughs> all this garbage, but I mean credit to our system it's it's working so far. Well, I think there's one
0: good thing about the preds that they're known to have like one of the, one of the if not the best defense core in the league and with the depth that we get in almost every draft is that we're constantly drafting defensemen. Yeah, for sure.
2: And that's, you know, you have the best defenseman now, but that's something you have to look towards the future. Teams, you say, stack up, and they say, oh, we're in a, a win-the-cup-now mode. Well, that's good, but you have to make sure you have the pieces of the puzzle ready to go for the next few years. you got to have your drafts in place. you got to have your farm team in place. you got to have these players coming up through your system who can fit in, not just play skill, not just have a skill role, but also fit into your system.
1: Well, I think this year you've also seen Poyle Lock in those long-term contracts too. So now we have the long-term contracts with key players, and then we also have all the rookies underneath that are farming. And say we have a key injury—not to jump ahead, but one just happened—we can plug in someone, and they can be at least, you know, decently effective from the get-go. So we're not,
0: you know, struggling as hard out the gates or during the middle of the season when an injury occurs. That leads us into our uh, third defenseman of the top five uh, rookies to watch for this coming season, and that's Samuel Girard, Uh, drafted 2016 of the second round. Uh, He actually inked a three-year deal with the Preds in 2016, and I'm going to probably get this name wrong, but he spent the 16-17 season with Seanigan of the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. How's it pronounced, Matt? How's it pronounced?
1: It's Shawinigan. Shawinigan. That sounds way more
0: Canadian than Shawinigan. Look, I Americanized it. Shawinigan. Shawinigan. I can't sing sing or speak in French. (laughs) Wow. Though I do have, because of my work, I do have people that, uh, we have a couple of hotels up in Canada, and so I have to go interact with some of the French people sometimes. Obviously it hasn't rubbed off. Not at all. But I'll tell you what, I did not realize this. Montreal French Canadian is way different than regular French. Because when I was having to uh write some titles in French, they were like, "No, no, you did this wrong." I was like, "What do you mean?" They go, "This is there's a French Canadian way to do this." It's like, "Oh, interesting." It's, it's kind of like, like how, some sort of slang, I guess.
2: Maybe like how Spain Spanish is different from everywhere else in South America. Yeah.
0: Yeah, my sister-in-law told me she said uh she came from Spain one time. She said if you go over to Spain, and you tell them you know Spanish, and you start speaking um Spanish from Mexico, she's like, they're real quick to be like, no, you don't know Spanish. Yeah. They're like, you're speaking hillbilly, basically.
1: Yeah, it's, it's interesting, because when I studied abroad in Finland, the, the younger generation has come up with some sort of slang where it's like some Finnish, some Swedish, and then English. So I'm sitting on the train, and they're talking like straight Finnish, and then all of a sudden, boom, a couple of English words come out, and you're like, you kind of turn around and you're like, oh, someone, someone speak. But they literally do that because the English words are quicker to say than the Finnish equivalent. So they've created like this whole slang, like mixture. Oh, it's, it's, it'd be so confusing, but impressive.
0: Rightfully so. So getting back on topic here, uh, Samuel was named a um, first team all-star for the Quebec major junior hockey league. Uh, when he joined the ADS this season, after his uh, season was complete with the QMJHL, he got a one goal in six games. Uh, so a couple of notes I found about him. He's a pretty flashy offensive defenseman. He plays the body well, can skate pretty good. He's good about seeing open lanes for passing. He's got a pretty good shot release. Um, however, though, he needs to be more active with the stick, though, and get in the shooting lanes more. But they said overall, he's got good defensive instincts. So we'll see what happens with that.
2: They also said he's the uh the youngest of those defensive prospects who were gonna be mentioned. He's only uh nineteen, I think.
0: Yeah. I mean it's you know, if you're going to age range, it's Jack, Alexander, and then Samuel. Yeah. That's so young. I mean, just to think about that,
1: he's playing in, you know, minor hockey league right now. Uh, but still, I mean, nineteen.
0: What was you doing at nineteen? Trying to figure out your life?
1: Yeah. I mean that that's impressive. That's like when Forsberg, you know signed that contract for $6 million. It's like, hmm, what am I doing with my life? He's a year younger than me. He's making that much a year? Okay. Well, that pick, leads us to the wrong
0: career. That leads us <laughs> in the next two, uh, which are f- uh, forwards. Yakov Trenin, who was drafted in 2015 at the second round. And I'm going to get this one wrong too, Matt, so you can correct me on the correct pronunciation of this. <laughs> um, I'm going to say it's got new. I have
2: no idea. It's
0: G A T. I N E A U. I don't know how to pronounce it properly. We're gonna we're gonna go with that. We're gonna say Got New. Uh if you're listening to this and you know the correct pronunciation for it, please tell us. Uh for 16, 17 season, he got thirty goals, thirty seven assists for sixty seven points, so quite the uh quite the power forward in his play. Um with the Admirals he earned a goal and two assists, where he got three points in five games. And for the World Junior Championships in Russia, he got a bronze. Nice. So doing pretty good so far. We're getting well, good. That's
1: our World Juniors, man.
0: Hey, it's medals, a, it's a so. thing.
2: Yeah. yeah, that's good. Pretty acclaimed group of young people.
0: Yeah, and our last player is a uh, Anthony Richard, drafted in 2015 in the fourth round. Um, again, he was a uh, he was a Quebec Major Junior Hockey League champion in 1314 with Valdor Fjords. <laughs> and the reason why I can say that one better is because Daniel and I spent about five to ten minutes before we started recording listening to it, looped over and over so we could at least get a proper pronunciation of it. Should have done the Canadian one. (laughs) We should have. Uh, He actually played um, with the Cincinnati Cyclones. That was our former ECHL team before we switched to the uh, Norfolk Admirals. And then he jumped to the AHL for the 16-17 season. He played 55 games, tallied four goals, got 12 assists. So those are our top five rookies, and it seems like we've got a good upcoming crop of defensemen compared to what we also already have in Milwaukee. That said, that kind of leads us into our next subject, which is kind of a sore
1: topic this week for Predators fans. And that was the announcement of Ryan Ellis's surgery, thus putting him out for
0: several months. Surgery or surgery? Surgery. Sounds like you put an H on it. No,
1: I said surgery. Didn't catch it.
0: Oh, I must have caught it. Anyway, yeah, so sad news, guys. We lost Ellis. How do y'all feel about that?
1: Well... Here's the deal. We knew he was injured in the playoffs, and he was getting beat up pretty hard those last couple games. And he was obviously playing through injury. That said playing, did it did it cause the injury to get worse? And will this time was this timetable pushed out further because of that? I really don't think so. I don't know if they would have put him in that position, but it seemed like during the playoffs, I remember them saying it was a back injury. So now this leads in to, like, did he have multiple injuries at the time? When did the leg injury occur? Because it didn't really seem like a leg injury. I think or, the leg injury occurred at Game 5. Game 5, okay. So, I mean, it's it's tough to see because he really carried the team and, and was a major shot blocker and warrior those last several games in particular. Um, it is a major blow for us. Granted, the fan base seemed to literally start freaking out instantly online as soon as it. It's always every fan base's reaction, initial reaction is like, oh my God, that's it. We're done. Well, PK was out half, you know, like he, he had an injury too, a back injury for uh, several months in our season last year. So I, I don't think it's <laughs> quite necessary to think, oh, we're going to be, you know, that much worse without him. But he is a key as, uh, asset to our team. And I think the timetables are saying now that he won't be back till around New Year's, right after Christmas. Correct? Right. That's Late right. December, early January. Late December. Okay. So, yes, it is a blow to the team, but as we said, we do have some great rookie candidates that can step up, and this is their time to show. Hey, you know, I can fill in the gap if someone's injured. Future, um, future, potential, you know, potential for future play on our team once other players move on. Go ahead. Well,
2: injuries are always come at a bad time. At least he's getting some of this recovery done in the off season. And if you had to pick a time in the season to get hurt, it's kind of a catch twenty two because you guys, at the start of the season, you guys need to be racking up points early instead of waiting.
1: We always wait. But we always wait. It if sucks. I had
2: to pick a time to be injured, I would rather it be during the first half of the season than than sweeping up into the playoffs. That's when you start need to be start getting hot. And I would rather have a full staff rather than
0: everybody be I, I agree with that because the first, I'd say probably, I'd say you've gotten to about Thanksgiving to really start hitting your stride.
1: I would also like to point out that last season we barely made the playoffs. We didn't really realize that we were going to make the playoffs until like the last week. And obviously that last month we started really kicking it into gear and we started racking up the points and the wins, but so did a lot of other teams. A lot of teams got hot towards the end. Just a couple of them didn't make it, and we did.
0: Tampa Bay being one of them. They exactly. were so close to uh,
1: make it. Exactly. So there were several teams that were that were coming up real quick. That said, we always make that run towards the end. And much like Matt said, I would much rather have everyone coming in healthy for the playoffs and clicking than it being the reverse and then, well, I mean, we kind of got a little taste with Johansson at the end of the conference finals. Mm-hmm. So that said, I'd rather stack it up in the, the the beginning, still make the playoffs, and give us a shot rather than completely ruin our playoff run with something mid, uh, you know, about first or second
0: round. Well, that also makes sense now is why we picked up Alexi Emelin. Poyle knew about it, didn't tell anybody. Of course, he let the fan base just think whatever, and now we all realize we're a bunch of idiots because yeah, we yeah. all had an idea, and we're like, oh. We, we were...
1: roasted him on this podcast. We sat here and roasted saying, oh, Emily, oh, he's terrible. Why did we pick him up? We got all these great defensemen. What do you know?
0: Ellis is out now. They say it looks like he's going to probably slide into top four, which to me is interesting because I wouldn't do that. Here's what I would do. Tell us, GM Kyle. <laughs> okay, so there was a lot of defense injuries throughout the season for us. So our D-lines were kind of like all over the place. So I was trying to find a, like the most consistent players, and the only two most consistent uh, lineups I could find was for the Stanley Cup playoffs, actually. And so for game two and game three of the Stanley Cup playoffs, our first D-pairing was Yossi Ellis. Second D-pair was Ekholm Subin. Mm-hmm. Third D-pairing was Weber Irwin. Then game five, Ellis gets hurt. Game six comes around. Pairs are switched up. First D-pair becomes Al Coleman-Subin. Second D-pair becomes Yossi and Irwin. So he gets bumped from the third to the second. And then Potato being the uh, being the project being the extra skater for Nashville comes in and slides in as the bottom third with Irwin. Now I don't know about you guys but I was interacting with somebody on Twitter the other day when this broke out and we're thinking about you know what is a good possible defense lineup for the season until Ellis comes back if you're going to go with um, Emelin. And I said, well, how about you take Echol and Subin, Subin on the first line? Yossi and Irwin on the second line, because Irwin did play a top four in the first half of the season a little bit and did pretty well. And then the third pair make it Emelin and Weber. I mean, I think there's potential for that.
1: I just don't... I don't know. There's so many questions with the pairings now because... You're really messing up the chemistry. Like you said, uh, you said uh, PK and Yossi, correct, were mostly paired together? No, it was... Uh, Sorry. Eckholm. Eckholm and, Ekholm and Ekholm Subin and were paired. Ekholm and Subin during the playoffs.
0: They said uh, Yossi and Subin earlier in the season did try playing I, I, together. I did see that earlier in the season. That's why I was they like... They just didn't have the same chemistry as Eckholm and Subin did.
1: I like Eckholm and Subin
2: because Subin basically is a forward. So... Ekholm is more comfortable playing the blue line, so that offsets one another. So that's a good match. And since they played together, mostly, I would leave that alone.
1: I could, I could see that for sure, Top the top pair being uh, Subban and Ekholm.
2: Now, you proposed having Ekholm and Subban as the first line, and, and I like that because they're the pairing that has probably had the most experience since Ellis' is hurt. And chemistry. Right. But you proposed Irwin
0: stepping up and playing with Yossi. Right, because earlier in the season he did play the uh second line for a little bit and ended up I believe getting three goals out of it. So he's got a good offensive capability. Now of course once the rest of the lines got healthy he got bumped back down to the third line because, you know, it's he's only here, you know, for like a year long contract. Well, where do you think the draft pick uh from
1: uh or the, the trade from the Vegas Knights fits in here because, I mean, realistically, you'd think he'd be in the top four, but that's I'm saying, because he would... has less chemistry with us,
0: will he, or would he get paired with Subban, his old teammate, potentially? Well, it's what I said earlier. I think Emelin's going to come in on the third pair, or if he does get put on the second pair, it like Could you said, it Subban. might be Subban. I
1: mean, that's another possibility considering he did play with him before, so there might be a little bit of chemistry still there.
2: Uh, I'll... Disagree with that. Out of the out of the bottom three, so it's obvious. The top three is Subban, Ekholm, and Yossi, and the bottom three is Irwin, Emmelin, and Weber. The question is, who is the strongest out of those three? And don't forget, we have Anthony Potato as the extra skater right. for Nashville. I I might posit that Emelin might be better than Irwin and Weber because he has more experience. Not that he's a better player, but he's got more experience. And it goes back to something I said a week or two ago about splitting up those pairings to have an experienced player play with a more inexperienced player to help offset some of his weaknesses. So I'm, I might be on board with keeping Emlin on the third line just to keep Weber straight. And that gives uh, Yossi Irwin to watch over. And I kind of like that. I don't mind that.
0: But also shooting back up to our earlier discussion on the Preds rookies, uh, what about uh, Carrier? He's got Angel experience. Yeah, we have a lot of options And now. <laughs> he's the most comparable, according to Daniel Lavender, of – that type of play for Ellis, so he could jump right in and start skating yeah, through. Yeah, because
1: you could you could see Weber or, or you know, obviously Botello at this point is probably an extra. They might not be getting as much ice time. Say if Carrier gets bumped up into the NHL,
0: Botello's an extra only because he had a, he's had a rash of injuries. Yes, he has. So you know, it sucks that you know you're that good of a player, you can make it, but because you're constantly being injured, you basically get shuffled down to the very bottom of the lineup because. At that point, you're only waivers away of being sent down to Milwaukee.
2: Yeah, I think that's something interesting that uh, Coach Laviolette and GMDP said, since Ellis is hurt, that's going to give some of these younger players a chance to shine and we'll really see where they stand as far as pecking order and uh, who's going up next.
0: Well, I think, uh, I think we'll get it figured out. I mean, we've got, what is it, preseason starts in two weeks?
1: <laughs> yeah, only a couple weeks.
0: So. And then we'll get the we'll we'll really get the chance to see you know where how it's going to shake up because you know your star players a lot of them won't be playing preseason you'll have more of your players looking to make the spot so I expect to see uh, Carrier and then Imelin probably play even potato there's there's going to be a lot of jockeying for positions in the next
1: two weeks it's incredible what that two week span can do for a team but um like I said I'm I'm really hoping we can. We'll it over to that rookie tournament tomorrow to see uh, some nice. of these prospects, and then we can report in on our next episode, uh, yeah. the eye test. You did Dude, see the passed right. the eye test. Too. You did see
0: Justin Kirkland broke the ice at the uh, yeah the yeah. glass broke the ice Kyle yeah broke the ice <laughs> it's an icebreaker yeah. <laughs> oh <laughs> I like anyway, how he
1: pulled that back around we can never have anything nice that's right yeah, that's
0: why rookies we, that's why that's why we broke <laughs> <laughs> well speaking of broken we've got some broken rules to be fixed yes we do you didn't hear the nhl decided that they had two little rules they wanted to get fixed up before the season started frankly because people were abusing them we can't have nice things like you said just can't have them nice at all so the first rule that they ended up fixing was the offside challenge which what do you know all you Preds fans you know? <laughs> out there should be well aware of the infamous game one stanley Cup final against pittsburgh where the goal was taken back because forksburg's not Forksburg, but... Forksburg. <laughs> Forksburg's skate was millimeters off the blue line. Was
1: it, though? That camera kind of looked like it was from 2004.
0: So, yeah, so I think that was probably the rule, probably the not the rule, but the situation that probably forced this. So what's happened is that um, if a coach decides that he's going to do an offside challenge, because it's, it, it's honestly a low-risk, high-reward, you're not really losing anything to do an off-site challenge. Especially on a goal. Yeah, because it's like, yeah. at the very least, okay, what happens? Why,
1: if- why would he not challenge it if there's a
0: possibility of calling back a goal in a game? The one problem everybody had was, once you called this, the refs would take five, ten minutes to decide if it was inclusive or was it actually off So what they decided to do is, they said, hey, Matt, if you call an off challenge and you're wrong, you're getting a two-minute delay of game penalty. Which I think is the correct thing. A lot of people did not like this, but Online I think it's was the correct thing. Up. They yeah. hate it. Hockey Twitter, hockey Facebook, it was pretty much split down the middle. You can kind of see both sides, but it's something that it took a good intention. Coaches found a way to exploit it, and the NHL is like, all right, guys, you took our good thing. You made it bats. So now we got to fix it.
1: I'm going to try to remove myself as a Predators fan from this because obviously the Preds fans, because of what happened in the final, little salty. We're quite salty still. I I think if any team is in that position, regardless, say it's Detroit, I think one reason why the rule is getting changed is one, it happened during a freaking finals game, during game one, which is huge. We're on the road, and we get the first goal of the series on the road, and it gets called back because of something stupid and vaguely insignificant to the goal itself. PK ripped that shot, and it was such a clean goal through traffic so it, it, it's hard to say that that you know oh well do you think that a 2 minute delay penalty is too much of a reward but at the same time i think it's going to cause the coaches to at least take a second to think if i don't get this right or if it's you know closer than we thought it was that we're about to go on the penalty kill, and, and to be honest, I think it'll 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 give the coaches an extra thing to think about before they just willy nilly challenge the call. Because, like we said before, there basically wasn't any any reason for them not to call a challenge on a goal scoring play that was even remotely close to being offsides. Um, now, this said sports have kind of implemented this or um, the NFL the NFL does a, a coach's challenge but in the NFL if you lose the challenge you only lose a timeout which is not anywhere near as significant as a penalty kill for your team a power play for the other team so I can kind of see the camp where they're like uh, that's too much of a reward you know or too much of a negative thing for a failed challenge but at the same time, I think that something needs to be in place that causes the coaches to kind of take a step back and be like, oh, maybe I shouldn't challenge this.
2: Yeah, I saw an article. I actually retweeted it. Um, I said, you know, the, the NHL thinks that making a penalty for a, a bad offside call will reduce the amount of challenges that are made, but... A guy named Matt Kane, who's a hockey graphs guy, did some a little bit of uh, researching into statistics of when the coaches call these challenges, and he thinks that even though it's a good idea to implement this, that it actually won't have very much effect based on the statistics of when the coaches call it and the uh, how risk averse they are, and how, you know the pros and cons of when they call it and how much damage is going to do or not do. He he seems to think this. His whole uh, article is a bit over my head, but he, he seems to think it's not going to have much impact, actually.
0: Well, they generally call it when the game is lopsided to begin with, just because. Yeah. And you got to think, I actually was why you were talking now. I remember this. The offside challenge rule was pretty much made because of Nashville to begin with when <laughs> yeah. Colorado scored that blatantly offside goal against them. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, okay, then once that happens, here comes the rule. And now here's Nashville again. And we're on
1: the other side of it. So that's why, that's what I'm saying. It's like, is the penalty too much of a negative? But it's
0: you've got to have it's a balance. right down the
1: middle, and it's almost like you don't want a, like a timeout. Like if they got rid of a timeout, that's not gonna. That's hardly anything. That's just like a slap on the hand. Okay, I'm still gonna challenge it. If I'm, but if I know I'm gonna give up a penalty, uh, kill, or a power play to the other team, I'm definitely thinking twice. So. I, I think overall it's a good rule, but there are a lot of people, and I see their reasoning why they're against it.
2: It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. This is one, like you, I kind of see it both ways. So I see that it's a problem and it needs being addressed. So this is their attempt to address
0: it, and we'll see how that plays out. And it's the best they can do. They, they have all the, all the ideas they want, but I think this is the best compromise they could come with. Because if you got coaches that blatantly abuse this rule, well, you can't take it away because it's needed for the legitimate attempts. What I had thought about was that if the refs look at it for longer than two minutes, and if they can't decide if it's good, then they say it's inconclusive and they keep going. Literally, you shouldn't take five or ten minutes to decide if somebody's skate. And even then it becomes, are we talking about the foot or the blade? Was the foot, was the actual skate on the ice or was it above the ice? All those things come into play, and if you can't tell, you either need to get better cameras, get some straight high def cameras on that line, kind of like yes. kind of like the uh, when we were watching the UT game the other day. I believe they said they've got they have from football. They've got the cameras in the goal on the uh, goal zone pylons in the pylons. They got them
1: all. They got them everywhere. And that's the thing that the NFL has done really well, and their video replay is phenomenal. They got drones and freaking you know, uh, cameras that are on guidelines flying above the, the you know, it, they've done it right. And, of course, obviously the NHL is just now getting into video replay after the last couple of seasons. So they
0: will get there,
1: but it's a work in progress.
0: Well, they, even, they even said Major League baseballs have is kind of going across the same thing where they're having to adapt to the times, and they don't want to either. Yeah. I mean, they've even
1: implemented a, a like, pitch count, uh like, timer, like a shot clock now because the games are so slow, which that was needed because – Who's watching, who's watching uh, baseball right now? No one.
2: I just don't want to get to a point where we have so much technology. I guess I'm kind of old school. It's so much technology that it detracts from the nature of the eye test, just playing the game for what it is. So if, it, if call looks good on the ice, the call stands and it goes, I want it to be flowing naturally and just be, and play the game.
1: And that goes back to the Forsberg thing. There was a ref right there, and he didn't call it offsides. So it is obviously so close that it almost doesn't even matter to the goal being scored anyways. And that's why I think they are implementing this rule to kind of try to keep the coaches in check. But it'll be interesting to see how that plays out, though I am more excited about the other rule that they've implemented on icing. So
0: Yeah, that rule is that coaches can no longer call timeouts after icing the puck
2: which I thought was why, obvious anyway, Yeah. Duh. Why
1: was this not done years ago when they implemented the icing rule with not changing your yeah, bench? You can't change your line. Hence the whole point of icing is to keep the same line out on the ice because you are wearing them that. Like if they ice the puck, they need to stay out there and you need to get back to the face-off circle as quick as possible. That's another pet peeve of mine. When, If, if a team ices the puck and then you're kind of like, you know, just free skating around for a bit. Get back in that circle. Make them, make them play quicker because you know they're going to be tired. So it didn't make any sense why we didn't have this rule before uh, because that is the strategy of icing. Yeah. Like you
2: like you said, if you're not allowed to change your lines, it's kind of obvious. Well, you can't call a timeout to try to ice your players or try to rest them. Not ice them, uh, try to rest them. But another, so it's funny how they find little ways to skirt around the rules, like call a timeout. Another thing they like to do is the, uh, player taking the face off will get kicked out of the oh yeah oh yeah and then they'll be seconds. the longest yeah. skate
1: around and then they'll be like oh i need a gatorade on the bench or oh my blade's broken yeah. oh i need to tie this or i need i need some more uh tape on my stick there's always something and it's funny that teams have been getting away with that but i think you're definitely not going to see that now that this rule is implemented which it should have been like this
0: from the beginning well, I hope for the sake of all these rules that they took the officiated, officiating crew, and it's like, all right, guys, in the summer we're going back to school on basic officiating. <laughs> so we've reached that time, guys. It is time for our top five of the week. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I know our fans have been waiting
1: I know. so anxiously for our top five conversation this week. We're kind of we're kind of deviating though this week because yeah, we've been on the we we've been so. on the players. We still haven't talked
0: about goalies. Or defenseman. Spoiler alert for future episodes. I'm also not sure how we're going to do the goalies because you're getting you're getting just gritty on numbers at that point. Yeah,
2: we have a bunch of lists. You have goalies, defensemen, and top players under 25 uh, years old. You got all yeah, kinds of man. lists. To oh, do. the NHL
0: is going, right, going right now. Top 50 players. They're not even doing the list yet. Yeah, I will say Ryan Johansson got number 48. Yep, which, right. is, which is good. So yeah, for the top five this week, we decided to take a little little less of a. Stance. So there's a guy on Twitter. He's one of the part of the analytics crew. He's uh, works at the Athletic, which is the new. Uh, basically, all the hockey journalists are going over to the Athletic. I uh, haven't seen an Athletic for Nashville yet, but Watch um, it. his name is Dom, and I can't pronounce his last name. I don't think anybody can pronounce his last <laughs> yes. name. And he had an interesting, interruption. Interruption. He had an interesting topic uh, for debate, which he did for fun, which was he rated. All the NHL logos from 1 to 31.
1: Okay, first reactions, Matt. What stood out to you on this list? Because I
0: I had one thing. Yeah, obvious. Number 30. that
2: stood out is dead last.
0: Dead
1: last. Is Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah. And And he didn't even number it. Look at the list. (laughs) They don't (laughs) even even have a number. number I was like, man, this is not a biased list at all.
0: But I did, I, I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah, so Dom did just for fun. So I was like, hey, this is something cool we can do. You know, not a lot to think about. So here's some here's some fun ones. Here's our most popular ones. So yeah, so he put Chicago at number 31. <laughs> um, And he placed Detroit at number one. Yeah, he did. Which I know you're happy about that, Matt. <laughs> the smile oh, yeah. and I'm the sorry. grin on his face <laughs> right now is so stupid. <laughs> uh, the original, uh, some of the other original teams. Um, let's see here. Montreal got placed at three. He put Toronto at number two. Uh, let's see else. Who was else? Your beloved Capitals was on the list. Capitals. Oh. He put it at number four.
2: Yeah, he really liked their logo. He was talking about it in another. Yeah, tweet.
0: that's what maybe that's, that's what drew my attention because he called it the Weagle. Yeah. yeah, the Weagle. Yeah. All right, so let's get this started, guys. All right, number five for you, Kyle. My number five, and I have a. I try every time I do these picks for the week. I try to have a theme going with them, and <laughs> my theme this week deals with how well a team uses negative space.
1: Okay. Interesting. Four went,
0: I'm not going to lie, I was
1: talking to Kyle a little bit earlier. Kyle's got a good list, so go ahead. We'll see
2: how biased this list is. Uh, <laughs> you're going to love number five already. <laughs> number five, number
0: you're going <laughs> to shut me down immediately. Number 5. I put it simply because I like <laughs> how they did their logo oh, no. for their inaugural season and that's the oh. Golden no! Knights. Oh
1: I knew. <laughs> oh my god. And what, Why what negative space is there? Hold on. It's Let me It's, pull it's the worst shirt. example of the negative space. Oh, okay, then why is it in your top 5? Because
0: I liked how they used the um the faceplate for the uh, for the helmet. to come off to come off as a V. Hmm. That's simply it. That's <laughs> that's, all it, that's all it was. The math yeah. cannot simply be done.
2: I don't know about negative space, but uh, it does look pretty sharp, actually. I considered putting them on mine, but I was not going to do it.
0: Yeah. So, And plus, they're the new kid on the block, so you got to give them a little bit of love to begin with because the person who runs their Twitter handle has been having a field day. I follow the uh, all the teams and they're just oh, they're the having
1: sharks a... too. Oh about, gosh, Oh, that was hilarious! <laughs> yeah. About blowing they're the lead, the <laughs> sharks. Yeah. That yeah. was great. I'm like, I'm I'm starting to like the Vegas Knights already. I just like their Twitter account. So
0: they are definitely winning the Twitter game. So what about you, Daniel? What'd you pick for your number five? All right, number five, too much chagrin, Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah, nice. and
1: uh, I mean, seeing the list that uh that was uh presented earlier on Twitter, a thirty thirty one was hilarious to me just because obviously like you know from a predator standpoint a Predators fan would be like no yeah they're gonna be 31st. But if you think about it, original six team, probably the most iconic logo in sports. I mean I mean even Matt's shaking his head and he's a Red Wings fan, so that's saying something. I'll give you a two um great colors. First of all, yeah. let me just say their Pro Shop and their jerseys, they have all these different color options. Where the crap are those for Nashville? Because we're not we as marketable. Gold. That's exactly we it. We have we have gold, and that is it. The, which leads me back to someone out there. If you somehow have contacts to get this g- smoke gray jersey with the gold piping and the white logo done for me, please.
0: We're let just going. We're just going to have to make it, Daniel.
1: Because it, it blows my mind. Because Chicago has some. Tampa Bay has some. They just have all the variety of awesome jerseys and great hoodies and. It's a classic. It's an original six. It's got to be in the top five. I'm sorry. I don't like the Blackhawks, but they're their top logos for sure. Yeah, not number 31st on the list. number th- – I'm sorry. I'm a Preds fan, and it's got to be top five, so go
2: ahead. It was hilarious.
1: He didn't even put a number beside Yeah, I laughed way too hard at that. That
2: was great. I'd like to hear uh, his rebuttal as to, to on that, but uh, we'll go to my uh, number five now. My number five for this pick. I just had to close my eyes. Oh, God. This one is pure nostalgia. When I see the Colorado Avalanche logo, <laughs> it just takes me back to seeing these epic fights in the playoffs. Oh, I see yeah. jerseys being thrown over people's heads.
1: Freaking goalies going at it, man. Yeah, I and see pads flying. You, I could totally see this one for you because you're a Red Wings fan. So, uh, I mean, this is classic. This almost, fight this. Night
2: night. This has so much nostalgia. Like it's even more vivid uh, than than Red Wings to me. It's just so. It's just something iconic about it to me. And it just it just really stands out. The Colorado Avalanche. So much nostalgia there. Covered I, in blood. Yes, for sure. So many highlight names. I can't even begin to go on them because I'm going to go on, I'm going to talk about it for but 10 minutes. it's
1: just the the fights between them and Detroit are legendary. Like I, I mean, if you look up some of the best fights in you know fighting games and then they're always in the top like it's always a avalanche and a red wings match go ahead yeah you
2: mentioned uh well we didn't mention that i just was thinking actually you see the little memes of the guy who's reliving his glory days from high school when he was like the prom king or whatever yep i think of that is the avalanche i'm reliving the glory days of when they were awesome and epic and that's not currently yeah uh, but yeah that's the way i I just relive those glory days in my mind and you know i'm not a huge avalanche flam fan but uh no, oh, I said one. That was my mistake. Flan. flan. Yeah, that's a d- <laughs> delicious dessert, by the way. <laughs> I thought you said flame for the moment. Flan mate, or flan. And I flan. was like, well, they are
0: going to in flames, too. It's a
1: traditional yeah. Cuban dish, but go ahead.
2: Yeah. Um, but there's so much nostalgia there for me, so
0: I relive the glory days of the avalanche. That's my number five. All right, Kyle. Number four for you. My number four, and this is... A good example of negative space. And you don't really think about it so you actually look at the logo. <laughs> all
1: about that negative. What yeah. about positive space, Kyle?
0: I'm all negative today. Not positive at all. Number four for me is the Minnesota Wild. Their bear head logo is really cool. And I love the fact that the mouth in the bear head logo doubles as a river. It does, now that you mention it. I totally forgot about that.
2: Yeah. It might want to be might be one of the more complex logos. There's a lot of scenery
0: in yeah. there. The sun is an ear, you know. The face paint actually is the forest in the sky behind it.
1: What about the original uh, North Stars jersey? You know they're talking about bringing kind of um, some of that back, eventually for a third jersey.
0: That'll be interesting because a lot of those people didn't grow up as North Star fans. Yeah, I know. so it'd be. Um, I just, I just was throwing that one out there because that is a more retro style classic jersey, and so. I like it. I like when teams uh, do good ideas. Like to me, looking immediately at other teams on the list. A logo that I just hate looking at <laughs> is Philadelphia Flyers. It's got a lot of positive space. It looks terrible. It's just a P with wings.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now that you say that, guy, we're okay for viewers. We're all just staring at our phones now at a f- comprehensive list. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah it's just, they're not it's, great. It's just a P with wings.
0: You're like, come on, guys! You want a good <laughs> iconic logo, and you came up with a P with wings. Uh, I mean, the Florida Panthers. Let's not
1: even get started on theirs. It looks soccer, like a soccer soccer
0: jersey. patch. Yeah, it looks like a soccer patch. <laughs> so, um, all right. Well, enough of that, Daniel. What's your number four?
1: All right, number four. Once again, Matt's just gonna be so happy with me for this list. Number four, the Detroit yeah. we- Red Red Wing. Oh Wed my ring. god, I can't even. <laughs> That's talk yours tonight. too. It's, it's we are so we're the power of the Red Wings. You
2: can't it? even say it. Yeah, so 11 it's, it's eleven o'clock. Eleven We are recording a little later than usual. That might all be right. well.
1: The Detroit Red Wings, and once again, another original six team. I think that's a theme this week for me. But you can't get any more iconic and more culturally correct for the city. And Matt, you can back me back me up. He's shaking his head. Motor City, Detroit Red Wings. You got the the uh, basically the wheel spoke in the middle there, uh, the the tire with with the wings coming off of it. It is a classic original six. They have barely changed that logo at all. I mean, just minor details, but it has virtually remained the same since the beginning. Um, the Blackhawks actually had like almost like a black and white grayscale color palette originally. So it, it's they've actually added more color, where the red wings have basically stayed more constant and only made minor details and maybe like slimmed out the wings a little bit. Um, as, as time went on, but uh, I mean, it's just a classic, classic jersey. You're going to easily recognize it in the NHL. Um, I also, this goes back to the avalanche for, um, Matt. The Predators were always getting beat up by, um, Detroit for a lot of my younger years. And a lot of the games that I attended as a young child was against the Red Wings. So it's also a nostalgia feel for me. I, I miss that rivalry personally. Um, I hope one day the Detroit Red Wings and the the Predators meet in the playoffs again because I'm ready for that to be another you know renewed rivalry every time because them being out of the Central Conference kind of a bummer for me. But um, we well, we give Matt a lot of crap too because soon you know as soon as the Little Caesars Arena came out, we started photoshopping pizzas, <laughs> pizzas where the 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 wheel is, and you know we got a little creative, but. It is such a good logo, so it's it's got to be my number four. So.
2: Well, I'm going to have to agree with you. I've got Detroit as my number four as well.
1: It's only number four? Only
0: wow, number four. I figured you would put that as number one since you're a hard fan. I'm absolutely fan. shocked. You know, my, my coworker, Amanda, would be upset with you right now.
2: i like to keep you guys on your toes. I, I it mean, would be boring you, if I just played the Red Wings story every day.
0: oh, well, you I mean, bleed Red Wings, Matt. I Matt, bleed red. Matt for sure.
1: I literally have said Chicago and the Red Wings in five and four for me. So we're we're mixing it up tonight for sure. Go ahead. We
2: are. Uh like you like you mentioned, an iconic um emblem for the city. We kind of have talked about before about picking a team name that matches the location and the area and how I kind of gave uh, the Predators some crap on that, how I didn't really think that that really fit the city very much.
1: Until you got more info.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Debatably.
1: but Oh, come on. We did find.
2: Yeah, yeah. The only people who know that are Predators fans. <laughs> but anyway, that's a tangent for another day. I'm going to be outnumbered on that argument. Um, but to play into the Red Wings, Motor City, it's got the motor – Back in the height of the 80s, Detroit was the city, and that's what they're known for. And to see that play into their hockey team, that, that was very well done. And, of course, nostalgia. We, I had made mention uh, Colorado was my last one, my number five. So Detroit's going to match it, the rivalry. I'm going to put Detroit one spot up on on Colorado on that, but they're going to be my number four.
0: All right, Kyle, what's your number three? My number three is an original six team. Oh. So you're talking about iconic teams. So I picked the Montreal Canadiens for number oh, three. Good choice. Most. Good choice. So I love how, if you look at their logo, that their negative space uh, comprises the H. <laughs> Told you, all modern negative space. Oh my sweet. god, you're it's, killing it's me. It's good art. It's a good. To me, good logos make good use of their space. So I mean, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> that's 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 your argument. I mean, there that's, you go. That's my argument. But you're saying, like, so I do like the Hobbs. They are a team that I do want to go see when they play. Like the Blackhawks. Okay, I hate the Blackhawks, but it's one of those things you do need to go see when their game's live. They got pizza, too. They do. Yes, they do. But the best pizza is at Little Caesars Arena. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so I want to see the Hobbs play. Uh, I also didn't know that they're... You know, why the you know what Hobbs is short for? Uh, what?
2: I did, but I can't remember it.
0: Les Habitants.
2: Yeah. It's like how the locals say, say it.
0: Yeah, so basically, you know, we're the people that live here. They call us, we're the inhabitants. So we're like, hey... We're just Call our team the Hobbs, so it's interesting too. Um, one of the guys who draws some of the um, the playoff uh, hangover artwork, his logo for the Hobbs. So every animal he picks, like he'll pick a mascot, like the Predators, of course, is the Preds. So if you guys see our logo for our podcast, uh, especially if you follow us on Twitter, is that really cool looking tiger cat? The guy who did that does other does other uh mascots, and for the Hobbs, he does a ghost and he calls it the phantom of their arena, which is supposed to be the spirits of other Montreal hockey players that comprise this phantom. So that's why okay. it looks like a phantom if you ever see it. That's cool. So. so, yeah, number three, Montreal Canadiens. Daniel, what's your number three? All right, number three,
1: I guess this is once again a theme, original six team here. I'm going to go with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. It's a good choice. Another classic jersey that has just remained true to its roots. Um, fun fact. The jersey actually started off with a green leaf. It did. Do you remember what it was called? Huh? Do you know why it was green? Why it was green? Because it was the St. St. Patrick's. Yeah, St. Patrick's. So, yeah, it it started green, and then eventually it went to white, then white with a blue edge, and then swapped over to the more iconic all blue leaf that you see today and has only gotten less pointier and more modern. Because they recently changed their jersey. Yeah, they changed it, and it just is less pointy. They just kind of made it more uh, streamlined and more modern. I think like they've the had trend when, is with every
0: single jersey now. So I think they've had one of the most changed jerseys of like constantly just every so often. Like oh, we came out in New Jersey. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and
1: it and it's minimal changes too. Like I said, it it started like this the St. Pat's logo, which was green, so they just adapted it to a green leaf. And then it changed to the the almost like the reverse, a negative of <laughs> the blue. <laughs> it went from a, a blue font on a white leaf to a, a blue leaf with white font, and it's basically remained the same since. And it's very iconic. Original six can't go wrong with it. It's classic Canadian hockey jersey.
2: Yeah, I would have to agree. I love it when Canadians use that any kind of maple leaf on their.
1: I mean, it's. Canada in a bottle. I mean, it's maple syrup, it really maple leaves. I mean, the only thing you can, they need bacon shoulder patches. That's the only thing that would make Some it poutine.
2: More. Yeah. So. Yeah. Whenever I think of Toronto, that iconic image, I just imagine them at the outdoor stadium series oh, wearing the toboggans. Yeah. Toboggans. And yeah. I, I heard a recent story about Austin Matthews. They gave him a toboggan and he, he's from Arizona, total opposite climates. And they said he had this toboggan all funny on his head, like the very top of his head. And they said he might have to, somebody might have to show him how to put one on because he's not used to having to wear one. Yeah. He's never been in an yeah. environment so cold before. Oh, that's pretty funny. Well, you mentioned Original Six. My number three, Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah, we're kind of playing the same story. Yeah, original this, Six, this they're, is I, very, it's iconic, you know? Yeah. But one thing that played into the factor of this decision was not only do I like the icon, the emblem, but it is one of the, Best-looking jerseys. So overall, it it is an iconic logo. The jerseys look so good. Original six. You know, what can I say that we've already said you know before?
0: So I guess it's my number two now. Yeah. So my number two. This team has been around since 1974. If it helps Ooh. anybody to figure out who it is. Yeah, they're not right. more, original more six. More recent. More of a modern. Let's see here. Over since '74, they've had one, two, three, four, five. They've had 15 different logos for them. Still no guess who 14 it would be.
1: 15 logos and 15. 15.
0: Is it the Jets? It's not the Jets. <sighs> Got a guess, map? No. Well, this is one that Dom actually uses as an example, and I agreed with. Washington Capitals. Oh, they're, my w- God. They're Weagle. The eagle,
1: the war eagle,
0: because the capital—it's the eagle in the shape of a W—and I literally didn't notice until just now. The bottom of that eagle looks like the capital. Yeah, look at that. Yeah, that's that's pretty genius. That's cool, and I actually did get to see them play, so I've got that exact same pin. Mm-hmm. And it's a pretty cool logo, and I will say this: I wish the Predators would make their logo a little better.
1: Whoa! Like I love the saber I made... tooth. What Tiger? Do better? I don't really know. I mean, it's. I'm staring at one right here. The only thing, you guys changed that
2: stripe in the middle of the face. There was, uh, It used to be blue, Yeah, and now it's yellow. I like the blue one a little better. I like it when it was just plain blue and white, but I don't see the actual emblem changing very I, much.
1: I don't think the gripe is the emblem. I think the gripe right now is our god-awful golden Twinkie jerseys that have nothing to break up the gold on them, so...
0: That's that's kind of it. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, no there you comment. go. We've already talked about that. Washington <laughs> Capitals number two for me.
2: Well, that's a smart choreography on the Capitals' part to include that, but too bad they couldn't choreograph any playoff wins in there.
0: Mm. Look, they have two President Cups, which is ironic because they do play in the nation's capital. They have two President
1: Cups, but no Stanley Cups in those <laughs> years. So, <laughs> uh, coincidentally, the Penguins have two Cups in those same years. So, well, just saying. They got a, they have a penguin problem. They need to call their local zoo. Don't polar bears <laughs> eat, don't polar bears eat penguins? I, well, you know they need to change their logo. Then they're an eagle right now. So, anyway, my number two, is gonna be the Montreal Canadiens. You awesome. cannot go wrong with that classic C and the beautiful colors that go along with it. the The bright, vibrant red jersey at home, you can't beat it.
2: Don't forget that H in the negative space there. Yeah, that's exactly I don't right. talk about negative space. <laughs> I only
1: talk about
0: the positives about the jersey. Look, look, Anyways. I, look I thought this was a safe space that <laughs> yeah. I could talk about my feelings if they're negative or not.
1: Anyway, I'm not going to rehash it over what Kyle said, but it is one of my favorite jerseys. Um, I would actually love to own a Weber um, Canadian's jersey now because it's kind of like, oh, crossover, now I can get a... Former Preds captain jersey with a Canadian logo on it. Yeah, that might have to happen in the future. So
0: you should go
1: ahead, Matt. You're What's fan your number two? All right.
2: Well, we have said the same rhetoric over and over with the original six. So I'm done with the original six. We're getting into the good stuff now. Oh, the
1: good stuff. The good better stuff. than the original the other six. three. Uh, so no, so yeah. you pick. So you're picking you're the Flyers. Going, you're, not <laughs> going, you're not going. You're
2: not going OG. <laughs> no, no OG. We're done with that. Okay. My number two, San Jose Sharks.
1: I knew you were going to pick the sharks. Yeah, baby, okay. the sharks. The shark Why tank. The sharks? Dun-dun.
2: Because Dun-dun. the shark is the most intimidating of all the icons in the NHL. <laughs> of wrong, all the... <laughs>
1: wrong. <laughs> the most intimidating predator.
2: And if you'll if you'll take a note and look... He's got a stick. Yeah, head. he's biting a stick in half. And whose stick do you think he's biting
1: in half? I know exactly. The penguins. The penguins.
2: If you look at the logos, they're in the exact same formation. They're in the same
1: formation. (laughs)
2: The San Jose Sharks are just chomping on the Penguins. And the only thing that's left is his stick, which he crushed in half.
0: The only thing I see left from the Sharks logo to the Penguins is a triangle.
2: Yeah. That's, yeah, because it's the Penguins. There's a triangle upside down, it's the Penguin.
1: <laughs>
2: it's The Illuminati. It's Matt. The Illuminati. <laughs> yeah, you done been fooled. So the Sharks have just destroyed the Penguins, and that is intimidating as it gets. And in consequently,
1: the Illuminati has fallen. So, all right, well, whatever. That's my cool number two. The Sharks. We loved it though. He's like, yeah,
0: screw you guys. <laughs> Keep going. All right. So my number one. Dun, 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 dun. And I gave Matt, I gave Daniel a little hint this, before I did. This is a good one. He doesn't know who I picked but I went vintage.
2: Yes, that's what I'm talking no, about.
0: This is great. I went very vintage. He went very vintage, and it's awesome. I don't see how fast you guys can look this Do you know what up.
2: year it is? I'm going to be mad if you.
0: I'm not, I don't know the year, but I know the I know the logo when you see it. Okay. And it's not on this list. So <laughs> so the, team, the team doesn't even play anymore. Oh, okay. Wow. They don't, they don't exist. Gotcha. So I picked for number one. The Thrashers. The Hartford Whalers. <laughs> <laughs> Hartford Whalers, yeah. Matt.
2: Are you going to look that one up? I know what it looks like, yeah. That's iconic for sure.
0: I've got it pulled in my laptop
2: here.
1: Look at this, guys. <laughs> He's showing it off now. Look at that negative space. <laughs> it's <a> great space. <laughs> it's just gorgeous.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Actually, if you do ask like people like some of the best logos, theirs does come up. Yeah, that's a pretty cool logo for sure. Now, I will say, I do know Daniel's number one, because he did show me before we started. Yes, and it
1: is, once again, vintage for our number one. Are we all going vintage number one? But this, awesome. team, this
0: team still plays.
1: They still play currently. If anyone sees this jersey, they know exactly what team it is. Wait, let's see if you can guess it.
0: Do you know your Disney movies?
1: No. No, he doesn't. <sighs> it is the Mighty Ducks jersey classic uniform that uh it's almost like a aqua teal with the purple and then it's got the the uh, uh i call it the Freddy mask duck face with the cross hashed hockey sticks it is p- probably by far one of the more iconic um jerseys that was discontinued i thought yeah. i i mean i i do like the new ducks jersey but it's just not the same and it doesn't have the same vintage uh af- you know effect on me especially um early 90s when this was very popular that's when i first started getting into hockey obviously when i was really young and then this soon phased out afterwards so that was my earliest you know um, remembrance of uh those iconic jerseys um early 90s but they phased them out but that is my number one the mighty ducks of anaheim
0: jersey so go ahead just so you know matt um Monty Ducks was a hockey movie. (laughs) Thank you. We had this (laughs) topic with Matt that he has
1: not seen any hockey movies apparently. So
2: yeah, I'm not a big movie watcher. So well, you know, you like
1: hockey, so you should watch hockey
0: movies. That's
2: true. I'm going to get shamed for the interwebs on that. Yep. uh, All right. Well, I'm glad you didn't say mine because I definitely have the best jersey. No, no, even the question. best. No question, my jersey is the best, and it's vintage. Once again, vintage. We all Sweet. three went vintage. I, lo- I love That's the.
1: Cool. I love the fact that all three of us. went
2: Does vintage. your team still play? Team still plays. Okay. We're going still back. Still
0: plays. What year?
2: Ninety-nine, ninety-one, oh nine-nine, oh one, oh two. I'm gonna. Oh, I got, right. I've got it. I got a picture for you right I've here. I've got it. I want to. I want to guess right first. No, I no, no. Don't guess because you're gonna get it.
1: I know. The yep. 99 to yep.
2: 2002 Kachina, Arizona yeah, exactly. Coyotes, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Check out that picture.
1: Oh, my God. He <laughs> doesn't
2: get more awesome than this retro Coyote right here. This guy is so cool. <laughs> Nothing beats this right here. I've even looked for these jerseys. They
1: don't make them no more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're out in the garbage pile. <laughs> they Look, burn
0: them all. You can go find them on China. They Not burn them all China. during you the can burning. Find them man. In China. Burning is,
2: man. This is the best logo by far.
1: It's like a Picasso painting.
2: It is awesome.
0: If somebody was to find you a Kachina jersey and give it to you, would you cry?
2: I don't know if I'd cry. I don't cry, but...
0: That is pretty sweet, though. You mean if someone took time to find that jersey and give it to you, you wouldn't shed just a tear? No. Too manly?
2: Yeah. But if somebody were to give me a Kachina jersey, that would be awesome.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Where would
1: you find some? I mean, like, this... You can find a knockoff. No, they have to be in short supply. I mean... That's surprising. I'm glad we all linked I'm up on th- retro. jerseys. Yeah, That's I love cool. that because I, it was funny because I was like,
0: "Oh, I'm gonna throw them off. I'm gonna do a retro jersey," and then, well, we see, all see. I'll have to, tell, all I'll have to tell, our, um, our number one
1: is all retro jerseys. So. I'll have
0: to tell Dom what we picked because I did message him before we started just to say, "Hey, man, I was like, loved your uh, little uh, controversy." So, because he does like it all the time, he'll just throw these things out, and they're just straight controversial by nature. So, so yeah, so guys, good top five. In fact, this was a solid episode. I think we did well.
1: Wow. Just very confident there, Kyle.
0: So, you guys got any plans for the week? I know it's like almost 1130 Sleep. on a Friday night. <laughs> Sleep first. I know Kyle and I, we got up early. Uh, I'm going to the... Yeah, rookie the tomorrow. rookie
1: game. I'm going to try to make at least an hour of that. I would like to get
0: there a little early. Yeah, we're going to try to be there. It gets packed for those types of events because all the fans want to show up. And this one's going to charity to the. Hurt yeah, evening. I got to
1: go pick up some socks and supplies because they're asking for donations. Um, I don't know if you saw that last night, but I already picked up some preseason tickets. So Matt, you need to get on that. I'll give you the link later because we already got ours for. For uh. The nineteenth, the nineteenth, seven p.m. Double header, pan, uh, Panthers and Preds. So, nice. I'm excited. We're so close to having uh, some actual games on ice now. So, I know, and then I can actually make our tagline legit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Speaking of taglines, Kyle. Yes. So, how about you sign us
0: out for the night? Well, I guess I will. Everybody, thanks for listening to Music City Gold on Penalty Box Radio. You guys have a great week, and we'll see you on the ice.